Fantasy Gods Weekly Fantasy Football Podcast. Helping you get to the fantasy promised land. Big Lads, Dave G, and Oakski. All right, it's your boys at the Fantasy Football Gods coming to you with our running back preseason rankings. We're going to be ranking out uh, our top. 63 running backs uh, for you and going over uh, quickly each guy, what we're thinking of them, uh, possible synopsis for the season, um, and giving you guys as much insight as possible. Just remember, we're always talking PPR rankings, so you will probably see a lot of pass-catching running backs uh, that we're going to be discussing here today, higher ranked than uh, you know some other standard formats if you're looking at that. So just a reminder, this is all PPR. Remember to tweet us at Gods of Fantasy. Let us know if you have any questions or if you need any help setting your lineups or help drafting. That's what we are here for. Um, so it's just myself, Dave G, and Big Lens here today. No Ogski. Um, so we are going to just jump right into it today. So uh, going down the list, uh, starting with our top five backs, we got David Johnson coming in at number one. Uh, this guy's clear-cut running back, number one. There's really no uh, doubts or questions about him. No injury or off-the-field issues in the past. That's why he has that edge over Le'Veon Bell, who's coming in at number two. Uh, he's literally a 1B to David Johnson's 1A. Only concerning part uh, is Bell's injuries and the off-the-field issues. Uh, one more suspension, he's out for the year. One more bad drug test, he's out for the year. Uh, a little bit concerning right there, especially if you're going to be drafting a guy second overall. Uh, coming in at number three is LaShawn McCoy. Obviously, Sammy Watkins just got traded today. Huge, huge news. Um, and I really think that that just shows the commitment in Buffalo to the ground game and that they're going to get McCoy a lot more involved in the passing game than he was last year. Mike Gillisley's gone. He was a touchdown hawk um, for LaShawn McCoy, scoring about six or seven touchdowns last year. So I think LaShawn McCoy's arrows pointing up, especially after the Sammy Watkins trade. Um, but he's really in for a good year as long as he could stay on the field and be healthy. Number four, we got Melvin Gordon, obvious workhorse last year. He was absolutely awesome. Uh, kind of fell apart down the stretch a little bit, and he definitely uh, screwed some owners over in the playoffs. But, um, you know, he was playing a lot. There was no backups. They couldn't keep any running backs healthy last year besides Melvin Gordon. All their wide receivers were kind of down. He will be an RB1 this year. Um, just hoping that, you know, these backups healthy now aren't going to be cutting into his uh, playing time. And then at number five, we got Devonta Freeman. He is now the highest paid running back in the NFL. Um, he just got a big, big contract. So you know the Falcons are committed to him, even though Tevin Coleman really was kind of coming on down the stretch uh, and really doing well in that offense. Uh, Devonta Freeman still stay involved in the passing game, which is the good, the good sign that he will stay involved in that passing game and that Tevin Coleman is not like the permanent third down back. So uh, I think Devonta Freeman has another great year. I think he finishes out in the top five, top seven running backs at, when it's all said and done. Falcons have a stacked offense, and they're going to be moving the ball a lot. Oh, look at that. I get to start with our hometown boy at number six, Jordan Howard. 
Uh, I think enough's been said about his rookie year, and the last thing we want to see here in Chicago is a uh, sophomore year like Todd Gurley's. But we're not expecting that, so we have him at six. Uh, obviously, in an offense that wants to run the ball primarily, uh, and we're not really seeing any workload taken away from him. Now, they did draft a pass catching back um, in the, you know this year's draft, but he's never he didn't really build his success upon catching passes last year anyway. So that's really only an upside uh, if he loses that then he'll still be a fantastic running back who's going to see a lot of red zone carries. Um, he's going to get you enough points to be a top 10 back, no doubt. After that, you have Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, and DeMarco Murray. Now, these guys, I I think you can kind of shake these three in uh, any order that you'd like, but Jay Ajayi saw a promising workload last year in his first year with Adam Gase. Um, now, we had a little quarterback shuffle there in Miami, but – I don't think that's going to affect Ajayi's workload at all. If anything, it may help him. Um, as Cutler learns the offense there, they may tend to run it even more. So we have him there at seven. At eight, Lamar Miller. Uh, again, Lamar Miller is another guy who first year in the uh, Texans offense saw you know, a primary back role. He was really the only guy that, outside of Alfred Blue, carried the ball for the Texans there. Um, and we're seeing, an, we, we would hope to see an improvement from Miller in his second year in that offense. Better quarterback play should definitely help him out with Osweiler leaving. Uh, so again, Lamar Miller there at eight. And then DeMarco Murray at nine, which concludes our, our tier, our third tier of players. Um, and DeMarco was a real surprise last year. Um, and the one thing that he has going for him, opposite of Jordan Howard, is he will always be the pass catching back there, even with Henry uh, coming on as a sophomore, the guy's still incredible in his old age. Uh, we don't see him falling off at all this year. So DeMarco there rounds out our third tier at number nine. Um, starting a new tier, we have Carlos Hyde. Now, Carlos Hyde has burned people a couple of years in a row here, but I somehow have a hard time forgetting last year's week one. Uh, might have been the first game last year, was it? First game last year where he just looked incredible. Um, he's a talented guy, and he's got a new great offensive head coach. And I'm hoping that if he can stay healthy, uh, you're going to see what Carlos Hyde is really capable of, which puts him inside the top ten for our consensus rate rankings. All right, so uh, moving on to number 11 here. Uh, we got Isaiah Crowell, the Cleveland Browns. Um, so the Browns, I think, are going to have to lean on Crowell if they're going to have any success on offense. He really shined in certain games, but he was also inconsistent. And you do know Duke Johnson has that pass-catching role. So that kind of puts a ceiling on what his production can be. But how much can you really expect out of the Browns? Who knows? Um, their offense is kind of a question mark. They're supposed to have a good defense. Who knows what the offense will look like? You do know that Isaiah Crowell is going to be the go-to guy, and he's going to be their number one choice when they're you know going to funnel the ball to somebody. So I do like Isaiah Crowell. I think he will be an RB1 by the end of the year. Um, and then uh, number 12, we got Leonard Fournette, the rookie. Uh, I'm a, Nick's a little bit higher on Fournette than I am. I, I don't expect Zeke-like numbers out of the out of a top five pick. Um, the Jaguars' O-line has only gotten worse. Their new left tackle, Brandon Albert, just got re retired, then wanted to come back, and then got released. They still have Chris Ivory there. They still have TJ Yeldon there. And Ivory's a goal line back, and Yeldon's a pass-catching back. So I definitely don't like that they have talented backups behind them. Again, they spent a top five pick on him this uh, past spring, so I do think he will 
get a lot of carries, but I still think that there's two good backups behind them, and they still have two great receivers with uh, you know a good pass passing game there. I, I guess kind of if Blake Bortles could put it together, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I I think you know Fournette he might get overdrafted a little bit, but he might just be one of those volume guys. So who knows how his acclimation to the NFL will go. Um, number 13, got Todd Gurley. Really a big question mark here. Like, will he bounce back to this rookie greatness? The one the one thing that you do know is that they're, they're going to get him more and more involved in the passing game with Benny Cunningham leaving, who was their pass catching back last year. Todd Gurley, the door open, the door kind of opens there for him uh, to start catching the ball more, which he didn't at all last year. So, eh, I, I'm, I'm, who knows? You know, he could be a guy who's a top five back at the end of the year, or he could be a top thirty back by the end of the year. I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get with Todd Gurley. The next uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, the next Trent Richardson, possibly. <laughs> uh, number fourteen, we got Marshawn Lynch. Um, so you'll see Marshawn Lynch maybe ranked a little bit higher by some other people. Um, but I think being out of the game for a year, having a bad injury pass with all hamstring issues, um, I, I have a little bit more of a realis- realistic expectation for Lynch. You could see, If he stays healthy all year, he could see 8 to 12 touchdowns on the ground, no doubt about it. Um, but again, I'm just a little nervous of a guy who never had a great work ethic sitting out. F- then he retires, sits out for a year, and comes back. Uh, don't know if he could just last the longevity of an entire, you know, 16 game season. So a couple question marks there. Um, and then rounding out number 15, got Ty Montgomery here. I really like Montgomery. Um, the lack of addition at the running back position besides two mid round draft picks um, and the coaching staff talking up Montgomery makes me feel really good about him heading into the year. Uh, I, I do think he's going to get involved in the passing game, obviously, as an X wide receiver. We know he could catch the ball. Uh, I do think Ty, uh, Ty Montgomery should have a good role cut out for him this year. Uh, and I do think he's solidified himself as the number one running backs there. So unless one of these rookies really comes on in the preseason, um, that would be the only thing that would make me drop my ranking on Ty. And then coming in at 16, we have last year's leading rusher, Zeke Elliott, who we all know would have been drafted as one of the top three running backs, most likely if he had not been suspended as of today for six games, which means you don't get Zeke back till week eight, uh, given that their bye is week seven. So you're not going to see him for the la- until the last you know five weeks of your your fantasy season. Um, with that being said, that's five weeks of you getting a guy who should have gone in the in the top round, top tier of running backs. Um, and there's just a couple ways you can hedge your bets there. If you can get McFadden, uh, maybe a uh, Jaquiz Rogers for the first three games while Doug Martin is out. Um, it, you know, it's it's one of those things. If you think that you can build a solidified roster and leave Zeke on your bench for seven weeks, he's going to provide a ton of value where you're getting him. But you're also losing seven weeks of a perhaps third, fourth rounder, depending on where his ADP is after the news. Um, Moving on to number 17, we have C.J. Anderson. I think both Dave and I are higher on C.J. Anderson than most people. Um, He was tremendous last year prior to his injury. Booker? Devontae Booker came in, and he was very underwhelming, uh, which means that C.J. Anderson goes right back into being the lead back. We don't see Booker chewing too much into his his workload. He may be one of those guys that you snag in later rounds who turns out to be a running back one or two for you, right where we have him right now is running back two. 
Uh, and the next guy, 18, Frank Gore. Seems like every year we sleep on Frank Gore. Everybody sleeps on Frank Gore, right? This is the year he's gone. This is the year he's too old. And Frank Gore just continues to pump out running back to value. Uh, and we're trying not to make the same mistake four years in a row or something like that. So we've got Frank Gore here at 18, right towards the end of running back to value. Uh, and then beyond that, we go to Danny Woodhead, who is now with the Ravens, and he has got a whole lot of opportunity in front of you, in front of him. Uh, Danny Woodhead has been a great PPR running back for years, and another guy that people seem to want to forget about after every season. You know, just thinking, oh, it's just a one-off season. It just never is the case. Fortunately, he got hurt last year, but he was off to a good year last year too. Um, he's in the perfect scenario right now with the Ravens. They are losing people left and right. It seems like every other day they lose a top receiver. Their tight ends are dying every other day. It's insane. Danny Woodhead should see a ton, a ton of targets. So we've got him at 19. Uh, below him at 20, we have Mark Ingram, who is just an enigma because the guy had a hell of a year last year, and yet it seems like the Saints have something against him. Uh, they bring in AP, and they also draft uh, Kum- Kumara? Kumara? Alvin Kamara. A- there you go. Alvin Kamara, um, which means that there's plenty of competition for Mark Ingram in that backfield. But we're betting on the fact that he's still young enough, and he's definitely talented enough. We see a drop-off in his workload, but um, we're, we still see Mark Ingram as a, as a running back, too. So we've got him at 20. All right, on number 21, we got Bilal Powell on the New York Jets. So I know a New York Jets player is a little scary to draft. Um, they lost Quincy Nunwa for the year now. They have no really talented wide receivers on their roster that anybody knows about. Um, but Bilal Powell is a talented pass-catching back. He got really hot down the stretch when Forte was kind of getting injured. Uh, he's four years younger than Forte, and he's most likely going to lead the Jets' backfield. With that being said you put a limit on his production because he's on the Jets. Um, You know, I still think he'll get a lot of targets in the pass game. He's going to get a lot of running, uh, a lot of carries on the ground. Uh, But Matt Forte is supposedly back and healthy. You think there might split carries. Bilal Paul should see a lot lot of workload on third downs. Obviously, he's the pass catching back. Um, But again, it's on the Jets. So proceed with caution. Next guy we got here is Christian McCaffrey, a Rookie who's super talented, um, you know, top 10 pick, known for passing passing catches, um, but apparently he's been standing out in training camp in the first preseason game. He's looked really quick getting in and out of his cuts. Um, he should flirt with RB2 numbers as a rookie. Uh, you know, they've never really... F- Focus, or you know, featured a running back in the passing game before, uh, even going back to D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart when they were both there. You know, no, neither of those guys ever got involved in the passing game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they actually do commit to Christian McCaffrey in the running game. But you know, you draft a guy in the top ten, you're hoping that that's what they do with him. Coming in at number twenty three, got Amir Abdullah. He was out all of last year because of an injury, um, but the Lions' number one running back, he's back and healthy now. Um, he does have some competition um, in uh, Theo Riddick and Zenner, um, but Riddick does pass catches, and Zenner's kind of a goal line back, which makes Abdullah a little bit scary. Matt Asiata was also added. 
So if you remember him from the Vikings, they do have four pretty talented running backs. So Amir Abdullah is number one on the depth chart. He's put together good seasons before, but uh, you just don't know what kind of you know workload is cut out for him, especially uh, you know as the season continues on and these guys start getting more and more touches. Number twenty four. Got Adrian Peterson. Uh, he was a top top ten pick last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People people drafted him in the top ten last year. So after a slew of suspensions, long term injuries, um, you know, AP landed on the Saints. It's a three headed backfield, kind of like we were just talking about with Ingram. They got Alvin Kamara. Um, the Saints line is much better than the Vikings. So um, you know, but I don't think Adrian Peterson is in you know any sort of, you know, Pro Bowl form anymore. Uh, it's a, he's a little bit of a scary kind of guy, and you just don't know how they're going to utilize all three of those running backs there. Um, so next guy rounding out number 25, we got Theo Riddick. I get, I get all the Lions running backs. I love it. Uh, Theo Riddick, uh, he missed six games last year, which, um, and, you know, we're going to assume he has the same pass catching role that he had the last two years. So Riddick does look good this year. Um, he's only topped 11 carry er, He only topped 11 carries once all of last year. So you got to rely on him in the pass catching game. Um, if he's not involved in the pass catching game, he's useless. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Theo Riddick does have a, a, a role cut out on that offense, but it has a cap on it because they really don't run him uh, on the ground if they don't need to. On to number 26 is Spencer Ware. Uh, this guy came on strong last year and really everybody was sleeping on him. This year, I think, could be much of the same. You know, they brought in some competition uh, for him. Sharkandrick West is still there. And then they brought in rookie Kareem Hunt and also free agent C.J. Spiller. Not that I have any uh, – <laughs> no way C.J. Spiller does anything. But bringing in Hunt uh, and, you know, West is proven to be a decent player so you know there's worries that his workload could come down um that's why he falls right outside of running back two i still think it where we have him 26 he's still a value uh, this is a guy i'm targeting if i can at this point and i'm still looking for running backs in my drafts uh moving down to 27 is legarrett blunt uh who falls Kind of right where he's been drafted in years past, and yet he always surprises people. But we have the change from the Patriots to the Eagles, and we all know how much better the Patriots are than the Eagles. I'm betting that LeGarrette Blunt is going to fall a little short of his production these last couple years, so we have him at 27. 28 is another guy that's kind of an unknown uh, Paul Perkins, he's starting running back for New York Giants. He does have Vereen behind him, and Vereen is the pass-catching back. Now, Paul Perkins, I believe, was a good pass-catching back in college. Um, last year did not show any signs of that, so I wouldn't doubt it if Vereen sees all of the third downs, but Vereen also gets hurt very uh, easily. So Paul Perkins could find himself in a featured back role very quickly. Uh, another guy in this uh, middle tier of, of players that could prove to have a lot of value and could also fall off rather quickly in Paul Perkins. 29 is Tevin Coleman, now running behind the richest running back in the league. Uh, Tevin Coleman was expected to earn the starting job last year. I think a lot of people went into the draft thinking, I'll get Tevin Coleman late and he'll uh, uproot um, Devonta Freeman and, and it'll be a great value. Didn't happen. Uh, Coleman got injured, missed three games last year and was truly the second back on the, on the roster. They rode Freeman to death because he was running insane. However, Coleman is talented. Um, he can 
do really well in the passing game, and they're going to have to spell Freeman at some point. They paid him the big money. They're going to want to keep him healthy. So uh, Tevin Coleman should see significant snaps this year. So we've got him at 29. 30 is uh, a guy that me and Dave, this is probably the biggest difference we have in this entire rankings uh, that we've done, is Mike Gillisley, who is now running back over from the Buffalo Bills. He's now with the Patriots. People are assuming that he's going to take over that LeGarrette Blunt role. Um, Blunt was obviously their lead rusher, but I don't see that being solidified yet. So I'm lower on Gillisley than most. Um, the Patriots are notorious for mixing things up in their backfield. They bring in Rex Burkhead. Uh, they still have uh, Dion Lewis and White there. So there's plenty of competition. Uh, I'm not until I know for sure that Mike Gillisley is going to be the new Legarrette Blunt. Uh, I'm lower on him than most, so we have him at 30. Uh, but he could definitely again provide value if he does earn that role. All right, coming in at number 31, got Delvin Cook here. Uh, so obviously rookie with a lot of talent. Uh, you know, hyped up rookie. Supposed to be the workhorse there. Uh, they also signed Latavius Murray in the Vikings this offseason. Um, real issues, though, is how bad the Vikings' offensive line has been. They added Riley Reef from the Lions, but I don't think that fixes everything. Their running backs are getting hit like 1.8 yards after they touch the ball. Um, so that definitely doesn't help. Uh, but, you know, Delvin Cook is supposed to be uh, in a really good all-around back pass catcher. So he has that upside, but he also could be, you know, a Laquan Treadwell, if you remember their first-round pick from last year. So don't buy into all the hype. Um, do think he has a lot of upside, though, and they don't have any clear-cut starting running back. So Delvin Cook could be a name uh, that ends up as a top 15 back by the end of the year. Next guy here we got is Eddie Lacy. Um, so the big free agent acquisition from uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, contract incentives should ensure that we don't see fat Eddie Lacy. But who knows? Uh, you don't know if he's even going to get back to his Pro Bowl form. You don't know what kind of uh, you know what kind of shape he is going to be in. Thomas Rawls is back, and they're apparently splitting first team carries right now. Um, CJ Proseis is still there, pass catching back. It's a crowded backfield there. Um, if Eddie Lacy's healthy, which is a big if, uh, he should be good to go. Um, so at the beginning of the season, you know Eddie Lacy holds a lot of value. Don't know what kind of value he will hold by you know week ten or eleven. Who knows? Um, next guy we have here is Doug Martin. So Doug Martin, he's a he's a RB one. T, like fringe RB2 talent, but the, he's suspended for the first three games of the year. So that does drop him down our list a little bit. Um, Martin has been talked up all, all off season by the coaching staff saying how great he looks. Um, they even talked him up to the point to say that he's going to regain his starting job. No questions asked once his suspension is up. So he's a huge value pick here. Um, you know, he's a, he's a big talent kind of like we were just talking about with Zeke. He's a big talent here. You could get late if you could afford him. If you feel good about your squad and you could afford him to be out those first three weeks, you know, get Jaquiz Rogers as your handcuff. You know, at least then you know that you have a starting running back on your roster while Doug Martin is out. Uh, coming in at number 34, we have Derek Henry. Uh, talked about him just a little bit ago. Uh, his playtime as a rookie um, behind a dominant DeMarco Murray was spotty, but, you know, he did pick up at the end of the season when DeMarco Murray got a little banged up. Uh, I look for Derrick Henry to build on that success. Um, he's probably the best handcuff in the league 
Because if DeMarco Murray does go down, that's a heavy running offense. And I feel like uh, Derrick Henry has a ton of talent. So um, Nick spoke to some of his inadequacies in the passing game, which is 100% true, um, which kind of puts a cap on Derrick Henry. But again, I think even even if DeMarco Murray is healthy every game this year, Henry will still snake at least five touchdowns from him. So he holds value even as a backup, even if Murray stays healthy the whole season. And then uh, coming in at number 35, we have Darren Sproles. So uh, Sproles was really the only consistent running back in Philly last year. He ended the year ranked 26 overall. Um, even with blunt added, Rolls should assume his same third down pass catching role. So I don't look for those additions to kind of hurt him. Um, you know, Darren Sproles, he's, he's ageless. He, he, he plays the same role year in and year out, and he always um, is pretty consistent with, with what he does. So really like Derek's, uh, Darren Sproles here a little bit later. Speaking of old men, at 36, we have Matt Forte, uh, another year older. Matt Forte is certainly a talented back. Uh, however, he gets injured quite often. And with the way Bilal Powell played at the end of last season, you know, I think everybody's expecting the same thing here. Powell is going to maintain that type of running style with the primary back uh, expectation. And Matt Forte will fall in behind him and uh, do some work probably on third down. Uh, we expect Matt Forte to be... I should say, if we expect him to be catching passes in third down, then he'll have some value, hence why we have him here uh, running back three in number 36. And below him is a guy that I am much, much higher on than Dave, uh, but cumulatively we have him at 37. That's Terrence West, uh, Ravens backfield. Now, he was the starter last year, and I expect that to be much the same this year. We already talked about Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead is a pass-catching back, and he will be doing – probably all of the pass catching in that backfield. But Terrence West did run pretty well, um, and he was scoring touchdowns at a pretty rapid rate at the begin beginning of the season. You would expect the Ravens would want to run the ball with the amount of injuries they'd have to their receiving core. So Terrence West, I've got him at 32. Dave's got him at 45. Together we have him at 37. And then on to number 38 is C.J. Proceis, uh, opposite of Terrence West. He is the pass catching back in Seattle. Now that – uh, backfield can go all sorts of ways. Dave talked about it a little bit. You got Fat Eddie. Who knows what you'll get out of him? Thomas Rawls is back. Again, another injury-prone guy. Uh, I think the only certainty that you have in that backfield is that C.J. Proceis will be the third down back. Uh, the rest, who knows what's going to happen. Um, so, again, pass catching back, who should get some work on a decent offense, uh, C.J. Proceis, we got him at 38. Another pass catching back in a worse offense, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Duke Johnson playing for the Browns. Um, maybe Brock Osweiler, being that he can't throw more than five yards, that'll fare well for Duke. Um, we know he's pretty talented, but it seems as though the Browns are committed to Isaiah Crowell, Crowell hence his climb up um, the fantasy rankings this year. So Duke Johnson, maybe getting some work out of the slot. You know, another guy that you can count on catching some passes here at 39. Number 40 uh, is a guy that was in the Super Bowl last year and had the play of the game, so to speak, James White. Uh, he's another pass-catching back, but again, a very crowded backfield on the Patriots. Rex Burkhead, James White, Deion Lewis. Um, who, we just don't know, and Gillisley. Uh, we just don't know who's going to take what role there. James White could get every down. James White could get no not a single snap. So uh, he's a high risk, high reward type guy at 40. 
All right, coming in at number 41 is the hyped-up rookie Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Um, it's always scary ranking a rookie you know, this high, like we talked about with Fournette. Um, but with Gio Bernard, uh, you know, coming off an injury, um, they still have Jeremy Hill there. You know, Bernard is apparently fully healthy now. So Mixon is too good of a talent to pass up. And when I say that, he's probably the best running back prospect to come out since AP. Um, he is like a complete package and he's gotten a lot of hype this off season, but again, Dalvin cook, Leonard Fournette, you don't always read into it. Um, he's a guy that could win you a league or he's a guy that could lose you a league if you draft him up way too high. So just be careful, be cautious, um, when you're, you know, going in for Joe Mixon. Uh, the next guy that we got here, same team is Jeremy Hill. So he's technically still the starter. He could be the starter all season, or he could be the starter through week one. You just don't know with what's going on in their backfield. Um, he is the goal line back. He's the three down running back, even with Mixon and uh, out of the picture. You know, Gio Bernard is still just a pass catching back there. He's going to play that that scat back type role. So you know what Jeremy Hill has carved out for him already. Um, so again, a guy I, I I still like him, but you just don't know what you're going to get. Coming in at number forty three. You got Thomas Rawls. We just talked about him um, pretty pretty extensively in our Eddie Lacy and CJ Procise. Um, he's splitting first team snaps with Eddie Lacy right now. So who knows who's going to win that starting job? I think all three of the backs still hold value in that Seahawks heavy running kind of offense. So I still like both guys in Lacy and Rawls, but who knows who's going to win that job? Uh, number forty four, we got Shane Vereen. Uh, I really like Shane Vereen back and healthy this year. The pass catching back coming out of uh, the New York Giants backfield. Um, he's going to assume that role towards ACL last year. Didn't really play at all. I really feel like this year he could rebound and, uh, you know, kind of just assume that same role that he had. And uh, he was actually really good for the Giants when he was healthy. So keep an eye out for him. Number 45 here, we got Rob Kelly. Uh, Rob Kelly from the Redskins. There was a lot of Samaje Pirine chatter that he was going to win the job. Now they're saying Kelly's looking like the starter heading into the season. Samaje Pirine had a very bad preseason game last night, fumbling, dropping some passes, blowing some blitz coverages. Um, if you're a rookie, that's not going to get you some play time. That's going to sit your ass on the bench. So I still look for Rob Kelly to be the clear-cut running back one on the Redskins this year. Um, so he holds a lot of value just in that regard. And now we're going to head over to number 46. With old man Darren McFadden. Uh, could be running back one value for the first six weeks, right? Because he takes over Zeke's role uh, and on a team that wants to run the ball against or behind a great offensive line. So a guy that you can get this late that provides that much value for seven weeks is fantastic as long as you have something behind him to fill in post Zeke's return. Uh, but at number 46, Darren McFadden, seven weeks of value there if you can draft accordingly. Behind him, another older man, Jonathan Stewart. Um, he is, I, I think he's still technically the starter, but everybody's expecting McCaffrey to take that over. Played really well in the first preseason game. Um, I don't see Jonathan Stewart falling off. They're not going to just take him out of the game. He's always been a productive back. Um, they'll mix him in with McCaffrey. I expect that to be a two-headed monster. Uh, if you're willing to hedge your bet on the older guy keeping the job, another value here and somebody who's proven um, to have value in years past, Jonathan Stewart, number 47. And then on the opposite side of being the old veteran, we have Kareem Hunt at 48. Uh, Kareem Hunt, again, 
is finding himself on the back end of a th- three-headed monster right now as there's West and um, Ware in front of him. But betting on youth, uh, Kareem Hunt, most likely I would say will edge out Sharkhander Quest for that second spot at some point. Um, he can perhaps get some snaps behind Ware, and if Ware gets injured, a uh, team, again, that likes to run the ball, Kareem Hunt, 48. Uh, Gio Bernard, it seems like the, the theme of the year is three-headed monsters, uh, or at least of this tier. Third guy in that Cincinnati backfield, uh, Dave mentioned it, and it's not going to change. Gio Bernard is a very good pass-catching back. They're not going to take that role away from him. Um, he is coming off an injury, but we've seen him provide lots of value in that backfield. If he can stay healthy, Gio Bernard will be just fine as a running back three uh, with running back two upside. And then at number 50, we have Latavius Murray, who's now on the Vikings, uh, trying to edge out a rookie for the starting role in Cook. I believe Latavius Murray is still injured, um, which doesn't bode well for him when an exciting new rookie is taking his snaps, uh, showing off to the the coaching staff there. Um, Murray has never really been that good of a back. Um, We don't see him posing a threat to Cook. And even if he does, the guy's made of glass. So Latavius Murray falls right at the end of our top 50. I'll say this about Murray. He was RB13 overall last year. By pure volume. Eh, volume's volume. I'm saying. Number 51, you got Rex Burkhead, sexy Rexy, coming over to the Patriots. Um, you know, he could be this year's Spencer Ware. Um, he's getting talked up by Belichick, being a great a great pass catcher and runner. Um, it, you know, Belichick said he could be a three-down back. Um, so who knows what role he's going to have. You know how Belichick likes to rotate in his running backs, but he's a guy who he just – like that little white running back on the Patriots, yeah. like that Darren Mc, um, um, Danny Woodhead style running back on the Patriots. You just love it. Um, number 52, another big pass catching back here in Chris Thompson from the Redskins. Uh, you know, he appeared in all 16 games last year and he was the established pass down back. You knew if it was third down and the Redskins were on offense that Chris Thompson was on the field. Um, so right there alone, he has value. Um, he's the most consistent part of the Redskins backfield down the stretch. Rob Kelly kind of fell off. They didn't really have anybody else to go to. Um, Chris Thompson is a pretty consistent part. You could get a lot of value out of this guy really late. Number 53, we got Alfred Morris. Uh, Alfred Morris, he should see the field a bit with Zeke suspended. He may may carve out a role as a goal line back um, behind Darren McFadden. Just don't know how that's going to shake out. Obviously, with the news just coming out today, they haven't played any preseason games without, uh, without them. Alfred Morris did look really good in the first preseason game in that Hall of Fame game. Um, but again, it's preseason, not going to really take it for, for that much. He does hold value, though, with Zeke being out now. Number 54, you got Charles Sims. Um, so with Martin being suspended, Sims, uh, it, he holds more value early in the year. Um, when Martin returns, he still should be a spell back and get uh, split some time with Rodgers. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers, that is, uh, in the passing game. But I still think Charles Sims, he holds some good value. Um, we'll just see what kind of role he gets. And that's what you're going to kind of see, the overlying theme here. These last couple guys, is these are boom or bust guys. And, and they won't make or break your team. Um, but if you could get a lot of value right now uh, in, in a guy that's going to actually play and do a really good job, you could get a guy that nobody knows about with these later picks. So number 55, we got Samaje Pirine. We talked about him a little bit ago with uh, Rob Kelly. Uh, 
again, he's just a backup at this point um, until he could carve out an actual role in that offense and show that he could pass protect. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. Round fifteen, round sixteen, uh, wouldn't you know? Sell the farm to to get up and get Samaje P. Ryan. Yeah, he's one of those guys too that if you're going to draft him, uh, you have to be patient with him, mm-hmm. right? You don't draft him and then expect him to produce in weeks one through three, and then because he doesn't, he, you drop him. Yeah. You know, you draft him, hold on to him for a couple of weeks and see if Kelly falls off, and then maybe he assumes the role there. Um, going on to fifty six is our boy Jaquiz Rogers. Um, he. Showed that he could play still last year, and again, uh, just like Sims, there's going to be some volume for him in the first three weeks. Uh, he could be a good guy to just kind of get you off the ground while you see how some of these other guys shake shake out, especially if you're drafting in the zero running back type style where you're getting wide receivers early and you need a, you know something um, you need something early in the season that's going to get you some points because you don't know how all the other running backs are going to shake out. Jaquiz Rogers is one of those guys. You can at least get a couple weeks of value from him. Um, and then, you know, Doug hasn't stayed healthy, so maybe further than that. 57 is Deion Lewis, uh, who was like the most exciting guy coming into last year, right? Cause he had a, he was having a, a ridiculous year and then got injured, uh, you know, lost that role. And now they're talking, he's, uh, he could be cut goes from that guy to being cut just that fast and that's they did just list him as the co-starter with james white though yeah I, I, that's why i'm saying the patriots running backs you just never know uh this like dave said 57th running back total boomer bust you grab a guy like Deion lewis and you just pray at night that something happens and the next thing you know he's just back into that form he was a couple years ago uh 58 is jamal charles now with the broncos he's probably gonna be their pass catching back right change of pace back jamal charles we all know how uh, good of a runner Jamal Charles is. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to st- stay healthy. New system. He's a little bit older. Uh, they have a young back in front of him, and they have C.J. Anderson. So a three-headed monster. We're willing to bet that Jamal will be on the field. Um, but again, it's either going to take an injury to get him there, uh, or I don't know, some ridiculous fifty-yard type Tevin Coleman plays to provide value. Um, and then at 59, Kyle Jusic. How do you even say Jusic? I don't know. He's like the one guy that scores a touchdown every Ravens game and the one guy that you get mad at for scoring a touchdown every Ravens game because he's taking it away from one of your players. And that's exactly why he falls at 59 because the guy is just a touchdown machine. Um, he's a fullback. I don't even think he's a – he's not even a halfback. But um, standard leagues could be a good late stasher. Uh, and then 60 is James Conner, who's strictly just a handcuff at this point. Uh, beyond 59, we're pretty much falling into the tier of, well, if I get my top back in Bell or David Johnson, uh, one of those top-tier running backs, who do I take to make sure that I at least have that team's running back, even if you know my top pick goes down? That's who James Conner is. He's Bell's backup. Uh, some more handcuffs you guys just want to be aware of. 61 here, we got DeAndre Washington. He's the backup running back to Marshawn Lynch in Oakland. Alfred Blue slash Donta Foreman are the backup running backs uh, to Lamar Miller in the Texans. And these are like run-heavy offenses that are, you know, you're going to want to own a handcuff, especially if you own one of the players. Um, I don't even know who the Buffalo yeah. backup is. <laughs> um 
Dexter McCluster is a guy I really like. Um, ever since the Chargers lost Danny Woodhead, they haven't had that pass-catching running back. Um, they signed Dexter McCluster down the stretch last year, and he actually put together some decent games. Um, I think he builds off that. He's been with the team for uh, a whole offseason now, and I think he's going to use like a he's going to kind of play that spell role uh, to Melvin Gordon. So I, I, he may hurt Melvin Gordon's. Um, you know, his value just a little bit just because, you know, Dexter McCluster is going to kind of be that pass catching back there. But, um, you know, I, I think he does hold some value and especially if it's a guy you can nab in the, you know, 15th, 16th round, um, he could definitely hold some value, but that rounds out all of our running back rankings heading into the 2017 draft. And obviously as more news and injuries all happen, these, uh, rankings will be adjusted. We're going to get all this stuff posted up on Twitter for you guys. Um, just so you could get our rankings. If you guys have questions, comments, please tweet us at gods of fantasy. Nick, you got anything else? Football season's back, baby. It is back. What's the backup running back? Jonathan, Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams. Backup handcuff to LaShawn McCoy right there. We saw what a good handcuff uh, Mike Gillisley turned into last year. Jonathan Williams, our last little tip for running backs here. All right. We'll be back with you guys next week with wide receivers. This has been a presentation of Fantasy Gods Fantasy Football. And remember to tweet us at Gods of Fantasy.